This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Business by the Numbers. I'm your host, Hunt Emerist, CPA with Parmelis and Associates. Like a lot of people after Christmas, I had to take a run to drop off and donate some of the kids' old toys and hopefully get out the door without them seeing them. Anyways, a nice woman was working there and chatting as we dropped the stuff off and she said, hey, do you need a tax form? And I just laughed thinking and said, hey, no, I don't need one. I'm all good. Could have been an accountant joke in there somewhere, but seriously, my accountant doesn't require those things from me. But it made me think, and there is a ton of confusion surrounding charity, and we're about to see it as we're on the brink of tax season here. I thought it'd be a great episode to get into the do's and don'ts and a little bit more of some common questions that I hear surrounding charity. Before we get into that, I want to have a quick word from our partners who make business by the numbers possible. Let's face it, your shop management system is the most critical tool in your shop. NapaTrax will move your SMS into the fast lane with on-site training, six days a week support, and local representation. Visit them online at napatrax.com. That's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S.com. Promotive makes automotive recruitment simple. They could be on the job boards and take care of every aspect of the recruiting process, giving you more time to focus on your shop and your customers. Visit them on the web at gopromotive.com. So I was actually just talking to one of my clients the other day, and they mentioned that they were actually working with one of our sponsors, Promotive, to find a new technician. And their quote, not mine. I'm not really sure how they did it. She even admitted that she wasn't going to do anything out of the ordinary. But sure enough, two weeks later, I had a great person in the shop and couldn't be happier. Love to hear that kind of feedback of our sponsors helping out our clients. And if you're looking for help, as a lot of people are, give them a call. I'm sure they can help you out just like they did other shops already. So there are really two different designations of charity when we're talking charity, and those are cash and non-cash contributions. So cash is pretty easy, right? Physical money. Did you give them cash at a church? Did you write a check? How did you give them? But it has to be actual dollars and cents. The non-cash gets almost infinite. There's a ton of things that you can do and and really some pretty aggressive stuff as well, which we're not really going to get into today. The biggest one we're talking about today is Goodwill, right? Stuff I'm talking about before, donating household items to Goodwill, Salvation Army, Purple Heart, and then also donating cars, even boats. Since we're on the brink of tax season, what better time to get a better understanding of what your benefits are and also what you need to bring me or your accountant come tax time? And really, that's probably the biggest confusion there. And we see this come tax time because we see what people try to write off and have to tell them, hey, you can't write off you giving money to someone else. That's Out of the goodness of your heart, and it's a very charitable gift, but it is not a charitable contribution. It's just that. It's a gift. And then also legitimate expenses that we have clients writing off and giving us probably way too much information. As you'll notice in a little bit of this, most of the stuff, your accountant is different. Proceed with caution. But we and most accounts out there don't really need to see all this backup documentation. You need to have that. If the IRS ever comes and they audit you, You need to have that backup documentation, but for the most part, we just need to know the amounts. Now, as we'll see, there's certain amounts or really one big amount that you have a threshold there, where if you're over that, yeah, it's going to be a lot more questions. Under that, you're probably okay. Even more than those two designations of cash or non-cash, we really have two different ways of looking at it, and it's going to be on the personal and on the business side for your shop. But in the spirit of tax season, let's start on the personal side. 
probably the most common. And as we'll talk about in a little bit, even your business stuff for the most part, partnership, Schedule Cs, LLCs, S-Corps, all of your contributions actually end up flowing through to your personal tax return anyways. So let's start on the personal side. The easy ones there are, again, cash. You gave cash to your church. You gave cash to a charity. You gave cash to a foundation. If this is a qualified 501c3 charitable organization, no matter what you give to them in the form of cash, it is going to be deductible. The biggest thing on this is you can't get goods and services back, and it has to be a qualified charity. Now, qualified charity is generally pretty easy. If it's a charity, it's probably a qualified charity. Not sure what else to say on that one. Now, obviously, the person could be in bad standing, and there's ways to go and, and research this stuff. But I'm guessing if you're giving money to a church or charity, they really are. The biggest reason I say that is, and probably the biggest confusion that comes on this, is what I mentioned before there with those charitable gifts. GoFundMe is probably the most popular one out there, where obviously if something terrible happens or you're trying to raise money for something, you can go out and set up a GoFundMe. I've seen it for different shop owners, families, all kinds of stuff. And a lot of people think that GoFundMe contributions are charitable deductions. And GoFundMe actually got into a little bit of a hot water about this because, and I think they've changed it now, but some of their wording on this stuff a lot made it look and seem like you were a donation. I guess it is a donation. It's just not a deductible donation there. What you're really doing is you're just giving GoFundMe money to then gift to someone else. So the money that you give to GoFundMe is not a tax deduction because you are not giving it to a charity. Now, the other side of it is the money that people receive from a GoFundMe is generally not taxable. Now, this is where it's gotten a little bit weird because gifts have values and have limitations and have implications on it. And think about it. Let's say we went out and we had a charitable need to set up a GoFundMe. We had $100 donated by, I don't know, this is a big one, 10,000 people. Someone is going to end up getting a million dollars. Well, probably like 900,000. I think GoFundMe does actually take some fees out of it. But now that person receives a million dollars. And what the IRS had, had done years ago on this one, I don't think this ever made it to tax court, but they were saying, hey, that's income. You just got a million dollars, that's income. Because 99.9% .9 of the situations, if you get money, the IRS is going to want their cut out of it. And the pushback on this was, yeah, this looks like a lot of money because it is very rare for someone to just get a million dollars. However, there is no implications on this because this is just a gift. Now, these 10,000 people all pulled their gift together so that it was delivered in one swoop. But if I had someone come and give me $100, I don't have to report that on my tax return. And hey, if I have a ton of friends and 10,000 different people's handed me $100 throughout the year, I still don't have to report that as income. It's not income, it's a gift. And it's the exact same thing for GoFundMe. It just looks weirder because of the larger scale. Again, a little bit off base there, but I want to just mention it. If you give money, if you give cash, check, whatever it is to a qualified church, charity, whatever it might be, it is a tax deduction. Now, as far as what do you need to give to your IRS? And again, I should put this precursor on there. Check with your accountant. They might be different on this. I imagine that they're going to be the same. I don't care what you give to charity. You just need to give me something that shows it. Even if you tell me over the phone, I'm generally okay with it. If it's a higher dollar amount, we a lot of times just like to have the backup. If you send an email and say, hey, here's what I gave to charity this year. If you want to make a Word document on it, if you want to make a beautiful PowerPoint presentation that has pictures and videos of all the charities that you supported, fine. I don't need to see canceled checks. I don't need to see bank statements. I don't need to see any of that stuff. Why? Because I trust you, right? 
And also, if the IRS ever comes, they're never going to come and say, Hunt, we want to see the documentation for this charitable contribution for Mr. and Mrs. Smith. No, they're going to go to Mr. and Mrs. Smith and say, hey, you guys need to come up with the documentation to substantiate this. What that is saying is, yeah, you do need to have this documented. You need to be able to prove this if you were ever audited. As I'm saying this, and like I said, I'm on the brink of tax season here, so I'm already having dreams and getting excited about it. But not giving a backup documentation covers a lot of things on it. One of the most, I would say, paperwork heavy one that we get that we don't need any of that paperwork is medical expenses. Generally, medical expenses are not deductible for most people. It has to be above 7.5% of your income, which is a lot. And only above that does it start to become deductible. But I don't need to see all the slips. I don't need to see all of the prescription bags and all that stuff. If you come out and say, Hunt, I spent $15,000 on medical expenses this year. That's fine by me. Again, you need that documentation for the IRS. Your accountant does not need it right now. Now, if your accountant yells at you and says, hey, you didn't send all this stuff in there. Now, do not tell them, well, hey, I listened to a podcast and you don't need that. Everyone is a little bit different. And honestly, sometimes I feel like some accounts out there are almost auditing people before they even get audited, which I don't know. No one hires an account to pay more money in tax, but some of them sure feel like that they are an extension of the branch of government, it seems like. Not my way of doing things. Your results may vary. Parmelis, I don't need to send any of that backup stuff. Now, one big thing to think about here, before we get any further on this, because it really affects all of this stuff, is are you even getting a deduction for charitable contributions? Charitable contributions go on your Schedule A of your personal tax return, which is where you're actually itemizing all of your different deductions. And so the reason why I say this is only about 10% of taxpayers actually itemize now. They increase the standard deduction a good bit. And so when you look at the standard deduction, you say, all right, I can either take the standard deduction, and if you're single for this year, it's $13,850. If you're married, it's about double that. If I add up my mortgage interest, real estate taxes, deductible healthcare costs, if I have any, and charitable contributions, I can then see if I have more than the standard deduction or less. NapaTrax has made selecting the right shop management system easy by offering the industry's best, most comprehensive SMS. It all starts when a local representative meets with you to learn about your business and how you need to run it. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice, and having a local representation is a huge plus. Customizing tracks to your business, whether you're a one-person shop or a large multi-bay or multi-location company, our representative consults with you to help optimize your shop's workflow, efficiency, and profitability. And unlike the other guys, we'll be there for you after installation with the best training and support in the business with a learning management system tailored to each role in your company. Simply put, Trax was designed and built for shop owners just like you. Visit us on the web at napatrax.com. That's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. Are you tired of spending endless hours searching for the perfect talent to join your team? Promotive is your full-service automotive staffing solution. At Promotive, we believe in being more than just a recruiting agency. We become an extension of your team working tirelessly to ensure we place the right talent with the right shops. With our always be recruiting mindset, we're constantly seeking out the best professionals in the industry. We manage 90 to 95% of the recruiting process, taking the burden off your shoulders. When you partner with Promotive, you gain a dedicated recruiter and account manager who will work closely with you understanding your unique requirements and seeking out candidates who fit seamlessly 
into your shop's culture. We'll ensure that every candidate we present is thoroughly vetted and aligned with your needs. With Promotive, you'll have a peace of mind knowing that we're handling the recruitment process with expertise and precision. We don't just match resumes, we match character, culture, and long-term success. Visit our website at gopromotive.com today and experience the power of Promotive's expertise and dedication. Together, we'll build a stronger and more successful team. So let's say I'm single, I rent, I don't own a house, and so all my itemized deductions before charity are five grand. And I also was pretty charitable this year, so I gave another eight grand to charity. Now, I'm actually not going to be able to write off any of that charity. Why? It's not that I can, I could, but it'd be stupid for me to itemize. If I total up all my itemized deductions, I'm only at 13,000. However, if I just take the standard deduction, I'm already at 13,850. Some of this stuff, you might not even be writing off whether you know it or not. Now, what I always tell my clients, and I'm going to tell you the same exact thing, is, hey, you might not have itemized last year. You might not have itemized the year before on it, but maybe you have more charity, more interest, more taxes this year, whatever it might be. I always tell my clients, if you think you have enough for charity, send it to me. If you think you have enough for medical expenses, send it to me. Worst case scenario, we don't use it, but we're going to run it both ways and see what's best for you. That's the same if you have another account. Even if you've never got to write the stuff off in the past, either send the stuff or ask, hey, would any charity matter? And what they'll probably say is, yeah, no, or it depends. Yeah, it could matter if you have more than five grand of charity. And you're thinking to yourself, man, I got like maybe a thousand bucks. Never mind, I'm good to go. They say, hey, it could help if you had 2,500. And you're thinking to yourself, man, I could be pretty close to that. Total this stuff up. Again, it's not like you're committing and you're ever going to take a lower deduction. They're always going to deduct whatever is more, the itemized or the standard. So let's get to where we get some confusion. The only thing I've mentioned, it's a very common one, is the GoFundMe. But this is where it starts to get a little bit weird. Non-cash charitable contributions on a personal level. The most common thing that we see is Goodwill. Goodwill is Salvation Army, Purple Heart. You're donating household items that you no longer need. Now, how much of a deduction do you actually get is where this stuff starts to get a little bit tricky. What you get to deduct is you get to deduct the fair market value of the stuff that you donated. And every single year, I have at least one person that gives us an astronomical figure. And as we'll talk here in a second, the IRS has actually pushed back on that a little bit. What you need to do, and if you go, if you remember that story before we talked about going to Goodwill, they will give you a piece of paper that shows their tax ID number, their name address, all the information to recognize that it's a charity, they will not put how much stuff you gave them because they're not going to put a number on that. You need to. And how do you come up with the fair market value? Now, let's be realistic. If you are donating this stuff, it's probably not worth a whole lot. You're donating 10-year-old clothes, 15-year-old couch, a mattress, and toys that your kids have destroyed for the last five years. You're going to come and you're going to tell me that's all worth $10,000 on it? Man, I'm not sure you're that charitable. But again, it is a very gray area. It's very subjective. And honestly, within reason, I've actually never seen the IRS look into this because how would they ever argue that it was not correct? If you donated all this stuff to Goodwill and you said, hey, it was all worth two grand, is the IRS ever going to come back and say, hey, it was worth 1,200 bucks? No, they really won't, especially if you do the documentation part correctly. And we'll talk about that here at the end. What you need to do is you need to take a look in and you need to see, all right, how much is all this stuff? If I had a yard sale, how much could I sell all of this stuff for? That's the kind of market that you're looking. 
And really, most of the stuff is pennies on the dollar, 20% or less than what you originally paid for it. But don't think, well, hey, that couch was $10,000. Yeah, it was $10,000 before your cat scratched it, your kids spilled stuff on it, and your dog ate half of it, right? Now, how much would you sell that for at a yard sale? Maybe a hundred bucks if I'm lucky, right? That hundred dollars is what you're using. But again, this is the honor system. Within reason, you get to do your own math here. Now, as I mentioned, they have been cracking down on this. They got way more abused on this in the past. And like I said, we still have one every single year. I think the record of what I had is we had one person that claimed that they donated $30,000 worth of stuff to Goodwill. And yeah, I mean, there's just no possible way. I, I know what the stuff was. And I even explained to them, this was actually one of my clients. This was very early when I first started. I was explained to them because I just didn't think that they got the idea of how to come up with the value. And they swore up and down, that is the value. I promise you, et cetera, et cetera. I actually went to read on that, I think, and said, hey, what do I do here? I know that we just need to get the number. I feel like I need something more. I just can't write $30,000 of of non-cash charitable contribution without a little bit more. And so he said, yeah, I agree. Because even though I joked before of, hey, this none of this has to do with your accountant. You have to justify it. There is some stuff where if we put something on there so egregious where the IRS says like, hey, you should have asked some more questions and we didn't, we can actually get in trouble. Again, very seldom used, but really a lot of this is to just make sure that my client's not doing something they don't know that they're doing. Like, hey, you're doing this, all the implications around it. Hey, we're cool. We just don't want you to get surprised later down the road of, well, I thought this was going to be fine. So on that one, we had them go down through and, and say like, hey, give us a general idea of what you donated. And they made a pretty exhaustive list of all the stuff that they donated. They had pictures of it. They had amounts. They had the time that they originally bought it and what it's worth now. I mean, really, like as far as documentation goes, it's the best I've ever seen. And also, some of them were pretty close. I mean, they gave away a ton of stuff and some pretty decent stuff there too. Now, some of it I was looking down through, I'm like, all right, there's no way that someone would be paying that much money for this or that. All in all, it was pretty good. And you know what? We are on the same team here. You've done everything that you need to do. If someone comes and looked at this, you have the stuff to justify it. And we let them take that deduction. And like I said, that is the biggest one I'd ever seen on it. They never got audited. And if they did, they honestly probably would have won. The auditor would have probably looked at it just like I did and be like, oh, I'm going to win on this one. But documentation really matters here. If you document it, and you have done all of your part, now the ball's in their court to try and tell you that you did it wrong, which is very hard to do. Now, there's other things that they will not let you do the honor system for. And cars and boats and planes all are also in this same one, but cars are the most common one. It used to be that if you donated a car, it was whatever you thought that car was worth. Now, that piece of junk that you're donating, it's still a vehicle that runs and drives that you're claiming that you're donating. You really think that's worth $10,000? Hey, who the hell's ever going to know on this? They're never going to see what that vehicle looked like by the time they come and audit me. And it was 10 grand. Look, I looked up a blue book and it looks like that's pretty fair. Now, in reality, that vehicle was rusting, did it run and every other thing under the sun. But in the past, you could just say whatever you wanted on vehicles. Now, a couple of years ago, they realized that they were getting fleeced on this one. And so now the rule is for any sort of listed property, like cars, boats, planes, stuff like that, you only get a deduction for what they actually sell that vehicle for. Well, the way it actually works is, all right, I donate my money to XYZ charity. 
XYZ charity then turns around and, and sells that car at auction. And then they issue me a form 8283 that actually shows how much they received at auction. That is what we actually get to deduct. What that really is, if you look at it, is like an appraisal. It's the best appraisal out there because it's fair market value because that's what it actually sold for. But that's the way that they limit it and make sure that people aren't going super aggressive on this stuff. Like I mentioned before, what do you need to give to your accountant? If it's under $500, if you're telling your accountant, hey, I donated $400 of stuff to Goodwill, you literally do not need to give anything else. Under $500 on a tax return, we don't need to give the IRS any more information. We just type something on there. And I'll almost guarantee that you will never, ever, ever, ever get audited if your non-cash is less than 500 bucks. It's a blip on the radar. You don't need to do any extra forms. And the IRS is essentially going to give you that one for free, I would imagine. Now, if it's above $500, but less than $5,000, they're going to need a little bit more information. Now, there's a whole long form that we have to fill out there. Most of it is just standard, right? I'm not going to list everything that you have. I'm going to call it household items. Even if you don't give it to Goodwill, if I have the EIN number address of Goodwill already and you didn't give me the actual EIN of your charity, I'll probably just use that one to fill out the form. The biggest thing in there, we're just disclosing how much it was, who we gave it to, how we came up with the value and stuff like that. Really, again, what do you need to give your accountant? Hey, general idea of what you gave in, like I said, household item, clothing, furniture, whatever, name and address of the charity with the federal ID number, and that's it. Now, if you are like my client I mentioned before that did give $30,000 worth of stuff to charity, not cash, right? These are non-cash donations. Anything over 5,000 actually needs an appraisal at this point. It's very, very, very uncommon now to see this stuff because it's hard to get an appraiser to lie about this and inflate the value. And so we don't really see this kind of weirdness that much anymore. That's the way that the IRS has chosen to do it. And I disagree wholeheartedly with just about anything that the IRS does, but I think this is actually a pretty fair rule. Hey, if I'm truly giving away something more than 5,000 or someone is saying that they are, yeah, make them do an appraisal. Everyone likes to think that they're a lot more charitable on their taxes than they really are in real life. And hey, I'm fine for stuff here and there, but think about it. The part that might make it not sit a little bit uh, as easy as, hey, that person wrote off 30,000 of stuff to go into Goodwill. Yeah, it's them lying to the government, but we're all funding to the same thing. If you're just going to purposefully dodge this stuff and we're left following the rules, more or less, that doesn't always feel great. As a wrap up on the personal side, cash, check, credit card, any of those donations, good to go. Just make sure to give your accountant a total. Goodwill, any of that stuff, less than $500. Don't even need any sort of information. Just tell your accountant how much. Above 500, below 5,000. Hey, going to need a little bit more detail about that organization that you gave it to. Anything over 5000 or if it's a car or a boat, going to need that Form 8283 or an actual appraisal. The personal stuff is more front of mind because tax season is right around the corner. But I think that the trickier confusion and the most common questions probably come from the business side. Now, like I mentioned before, When you deduct something in your business, so let's say Hunt's Auto Repair is an S-corporation, I give $1,000 to a charity. I write them a check for $1,000. Even though that shows up on my P&L and it ultimately shows up somewhat on my business tax return, I do not write that charity off on a business. It actually flows through to me personally and then I write it off personal. Same rules talked about as before. Hey, if you don't itemize, you might actually not be getting that charitable deduction. 
And also, if you don't have any profit in the business, you're most likely not getting that charitable deduction either. Now, the good news is, is yes, you are not getting that deduction this year, but you get to carry it forward for future years. So it's called suspended losses. It does not mean it's gone forever. It means it's carried forward until you have a situation if and when you can use that. If you can't use it and it does time out after a number of years on it, then so be it. Just a little thing to keep in mind there. But on the cash side of things, it's exactly the same as personal. Yeah, it's going to show up on my business first. It's going to flow through my business to my personal tax return. Cash is cash, period. Just like personal, though, cannot be a charitable gift to an individual. It has to go to a charity. It cannot be a political contribution, et cetera, et cetera. Cannot receive goods or services. You get the point. This is the part where it really starts to get confusing and the probably most misunderstood part of this is the non-cash and a non-cash specifically on the business side. And I got three different kind of examples that probably encapsulate the most common questions. And then based on how I answer that, probably will clear up just about anything else. First and foremost, donating the repairs of vehicles. Most common thing that I see here. If you're donating this stuff to not a charity, then you can still write it off, but it's not charity. And what do I mean by that? Hey, Mrs. Smith or one of the local people in the neighborhood, she's always doing stuff for the kids around town, but really doesn't have any two nickels to rub through. We are going to do some charity for the community. And this $2,000 repair order that she has, we're going to call it charitable contributions. Now, we can write that off. Now, there is technically rules on what you're allowed to write off for bad debt, but there's a prime example of bad debt. On surface, it's going to look like that person that we're trying to give money to just didn't pay me. Just write it off, take the expense, and move on. It is not a charitable contribution, though. And the IRS actually would throw this out if they... Now, they probably would say, hey, it's not a charity, but you can actually get it over here. But since it's not actually to a charity, then we can't write off as a charitable contribution. Now, arguably, like you said before, there is some limitations on charity. There's no limitations on bed. I don't think that's a negative at all. We're still getting a deduction. Why do we care? Now, let's say that we are doing some work on a true charity, doing some work on the van for the local church. That same $2,000 invoice that I have for them, I can write off the cost of that too in a form of charity. Now, follow me along here because the big confusion is I cannot write off opportunity cost. I can't write off my time. I can't write off my team's time. I'm only really writing off my cost because that $2,000 invoice is going to be a sale and that $2,000 charitable expense is going to be an expense. So you can see right there, we don't really have any write-off. 2000 in sales, 2000 expense, those wipe out. What is left over is actually only our cost. And our cost is the only thing we're writing off here, which means the cost of the parts that I put on there and how much I paid my technicians to do that work. That's it. You are just eating the parts and you're eating whatever time you paid your technicians. Yeah, that charitable contribution is going to look larger on the light item because you're writing off the total invoice, 1000 minus 1000 is still zero. Whether you gross this up or you don't, you're still only going to get your cost as the deduction. Now, what about donating furniture from the shop? Hey, if I go and I donate my couch and my end tables and stuff from my house, I get a deduction for that. Same thing for the business. No, actually not at all. That furniture that you bought for your shop, right? Let's say originally it was five grand. Maybe it's only worth a thousand bucks now. So you want to go out and you want to donate that to Purple Heart and you want to get your thousand dollar donation. Hey, I could have kept that. That's a thousand dollars. You actually can because that would be double dipping because the difference between personal assets and business assets is personal assets we get no write-off for. 
when you go get a new sectional for your living room, you're not bringing in your receipts and I'm not writing off in your taxes. It's a personal expenditure, right? Now, the sectional for your business, that is a write-off. You probably wrote that entire thing off. So if you were able to deduct that $1,000 charitable contribution, you would actually be double dipping there because you already wrote off the cost of the furniture when you originally bought it. And this is where things get different for business and personal. On the personal side, hey, that couch that I donated, I never wrote off anything. I never got any deduction. I'm now getting a $1,000 deduction. But if I was to deduct the original five grand on my business and a $1,000 value when I donated it, I would actually be getting a $6,000 deduction on something that only cost me five grand. It just doesn't work. Now, this comes in for the same exact idea on equipment. And equipment is actually more common than furniture. I use furniture as my segue because that is the exact same transaction, business and personal, and two completely different things. I had one the other day where one of my clients wanted to donate his old alignment rack to the local trade school. And I think the local trade school is going to write them some sort of letter. And he was explaining, he was asking me what he needed the trade school to write in a letter. And I explained to him, we don't need the letter. Unless you want to hang up that letter in your waiting area, that letter means nothing. I don't care that the teacher wrote $30,000. The idea is exactly the same. We bought that lima rack for 60 grand five years ago. We wrote off 60 grand. If I now write off another 20 grand, because that's what you guys claim that it's worth, we're going to write off $80,000 of a $60,000 piece of equipment. The math just doesn't work. This all comes down to you can only write off up to whatever cost you have in it, right? That's why furniture and equipment, the write-off is zero because we've already written off the entire amount of our cost. We have no more cost left to write off. And for the charitable contributions of the repairs, I can only write off the parts and I can only write off the technician's time. You would have been doing that anyways. And that is why we do not see a large amount of non-cash charitable contributions on businesses because we already got the deduction. Business expenses are write-offs, right? We've already taken the deduction. How can we ask for anything over and above that? Now, some of these are a refresher, but maybe it gives you a little bit better understanding of what you have been or have not been able to donate in the past. Or maybe now that you might value those goodwill donations a little bit differently. I know that most people do charity out of the goodness of their heart, but a deeper understanding of the rules might make you do things a little bit differently. And sometimes that little sheet of paper might be the difference between getting a legitimate deduction and nothing. Please share with friends if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes. Please shoot me an email at podcast at Thanks again for listening on the Aftermarket Radio Network. You can find all shows on the aftermarketradionetwork.com and on your favorite podcast listing app. So thanks again for joining me on Business by the Numbers. Stay safe out there, and I will talk to you all next week. You've been listening to Business by the Numbers with Hunt Demarest on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Hunt on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Hunt is all for advancing the aftermarket.